So you didn't really make me feel much better. Well, I mean, I wanted to give, I think today's the day. I want to paint a picture to, <laughs> to people who are thinking about voting. Maybe they're thinking, oh, I'm very confident. This is a red wave, a tsunami. Yeah. It, What's it, the point? It, Why bother? It could be, but right now it's just a dream. It's just a It's a just a dream. Ripple. So I wanted to make sure people understood how close, how stark the difference is yeah. and how close this is. This is a close election. I mean, it's not a blowout. It's not a red tsunami. Uh, that's obvious, right? Like there have been times it could like be. 2008, for example, you go into the election. We all knew it was going to be a bloodbath for Republicans yeah. that year, right? Yeah. We all knew it. Uh, we all knew it was going to be a blue wave here. How bad was it going to be? That's not what we're looking at here. We're looking at a, uh, there are opportunities for Democrats to even win and hold control, which would be a complete oh. catastrophe. So I try to scare the hell out of everybody today. Yeah, well, I, I think that between the two of us, we did. Um, we also uh, were talking to the um, attorney general of Texas. And uh, right before I introduce him, I give a story that I got from the uh, secretary of state of Missouri. That says, hey, uh, just quick note from us at the DOJ, our civil rights uh, disability division is uh, sending out three teams tomorrow to uh, Missouri. And we're just going to be kind of staking out those those, uh, polling areas. Oh, as he's listening to me on hold tell that story, he gets an email the DOJ is doing the same thing to Texas. I'm wondering how many states are going to be getting a visit from the DOJ and if any of them will be in places like Philadelphia. Doubtful. 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 Also, uh, some uh, quite amazing story uh, about the 14 states that are bringing in the National Guard tomorrow. Yep. And a very close election in Oklahoma for governor. We talked to the governor of Oklahoma about that race. We also remind you to join us on election night, blazetv.com slash midterms. The promo code is red wave. Yeah. And, you know, I'm normally just go to blazetv.com, but you want to get the 30 bucks off if you use the promo code red wave. So make sure you do that. We're going to be doing election coverage from, I believe it's 745 or 8 o'clock at night until midnight. Uh, and then we're going to turn it over to the YouTube, youtube.com slash America page to yeah. do late uh, early morning coverage. So a lot going on. Don't miss the election coverage, unlike anywhere else on Blaze TV. Oh, that's for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> could be good, could be bad, but it's going to be unlike anything else. <laughs> Wait until you see what we have planned. That's tomorrow night. All right, here's the podcast brought to you by Goldline. Uh, you know, the, the central banks are buying up all kinds of gold. We're not. Of course not. We're not. Why would we do that? That's crazy. What a waste. But uh, China is buying up billions of dollars worth of gold, and it's happening all over the world. And at the same time, paper gold is being sold. That's starting to lose its value because paper has no meaning. If you have gold on paper, you don't have gold. There's not enough gold behind all of that paper. It's toilet paper in the end. Please learn from the experts. Learn, watch, just watch what's happening. Do your own homework and then call Goldline. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. You'll get a thank you just for calling in because you're a listener of mine. If you uh, give them the code MYB for the podcast, MYB, that represents mind your business. And that's what's marked on these silver bars that they're going to send you just as a thank you for calling in. 
So give them the code MYB. Goldline.com or call 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay. All righty. So let's, let's begin here. NBC News pulled a report on Friday that claimed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband didn't let on that he was in danger when cops showed up at his home just prior to the hammer attack on him. Now, here is a longtime NBC reporter. You won't find this anywhere. It has been erased. I thought the Internet was forever. Luckily, our servers are forever. Here's the report. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect... Wait, stop. Why was that pulled? NBC just said because it didn't live up to their high standards of reporting. Really? What was wrong with it? Well, he just got that whole part of the story wrong. They didn't even say that. They didn't even no, say that. No, 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 no. But that's what they're alluding to. They're alluding to they're it. Alluding it didn't, to it didn't it. read. Well, I don't even know if that's it. I think what they're saying maybe is the source they got they don't deem reliable uh-huh. they they don't know if the information uh-huh. is correct but uh-huh. they're not saying it's wrong yeah they're so, they're not saying that uh, so I, I i think this is just another uh hunter biden laptop thing this is screwing with the election again um first of all w- we don't know but we do know that officers said in the affidavit someone opened the door for them Okay, so we know that. And I said to you last week, who's the someone that opened the door? Was there a third person there? That's how it was first reported that there were there's somebody else opened the door. And that didn't make sense. And then wait a minute. Who opened the door then? Well, we find out from this report that Paul Pelosi opened the door. Now, if you're in trouble you uh, stay with the police 
or you say this man has entered my home. Instead, he opened the door and then went back to the guy and he was holding a hammer. And that's when Paul Pelosi grabbed the hammer and there was a struggle for it. Now, this doesn't make any sense at all. Something else that doesn't make sense. Now, this could just be the San Francisco police are so bad, but they had no idea that that house was for the speaker of the house. That is absolutely impossible unless the uh, uh, the people, you know, at dispatch didn't tell them, but I'll bet you it goes up on their screen. There's no way that house, you type in that address at the police and it doesn't come up with some sort of red font that says speaker of the house. There's no way. No way. They even kind of tried to do the work of coming up with an excuse for some of this in the report. They said, well, you know, we don't know what his mental state was at the time. We don't know if he was already injured. Right? Like, if he got knocked on the head by a hammer a few times, who knows how he's acting, right? Like, there's, they're trying to come up with an excuse in the report. And even that wasn't enough for NBC News. So here's another part of the story. The man accused of breaking into his House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's house and attacking her husband with a hammer could be deported from the U.S. after he is released from custody. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, lodged an immigration detainer on the 42-year-old Canadian national, uh, the DHS told NBC in a statement. Now, hang on just a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's being deported? And is it after he serves time or after he's uh, released from custody? Now, those might mean the same thing, but... Are the police going to release him like they're releasing everyone else? Well, you just come on back. Just come on back. We'll, you know, just call call us and we'll tell you when to be in court. Is that is that what's happening this time? And how come he's being deported without murdering somebody? And it doesn't seem like you can get anyone else to get up on ICE's radar. Now. There's a story from the New York Times. How Republicans fed a misinformation loop about the Pelosi attack. The New York Times. I mentioned in this. Within hours of the brutal attack last month, Paul Pelosi, the husband of the Speaker of the House activist and media outlets on the right, began circulating groundless claims, nearly all of them sinister and many homophobic, casting doubt on what had happened. Okay. Wait a minute. Um, I'm in this story. They say that I was casting doubt on this. Really? Because uh, I was asking logical questions. Who opened the door? Who? Some Republican officials quickly joined in, rushing to suggest that the bludgeoning of the, uh, of the speaker's husband by a suspect obsessed with right-wing conspiracy theories was something else altogether, dismissing it as an inside job, a lover's quarrel, or worse. Or worse, what's worse? The misinformation came from all levels of Republican politics. U.S. Senator um, said this, a Republican congressman said this, uh, Donald Trump said blah, blah, blah. The flood of falsehoods is showed, is, is showed how ingrained misinformation has become inside the GOP. 
where the reflexive response of the rank and file, even a few prominent figures, to anything that might cast a negative light on the right is to deflect it with more fictional claims, creating a vicious cycle that muddies facts, shifts blame, and minimizes violence. First of all, my first response was, if this comes from the left or the right, it must be condemned and they must be punished. So there is no fictional story there. My first response was that and pray for Paul Pelosi. So they go on to say that we have so many falsehoods and it's ingrained in us. May I just ask the New York Times, how many of these stories did you publish? Did you publish and lead the charge on Russian collusion? Did you publish the neo-Nazis are fine people lies? Did you publish and stand by Jussie Smollett? How about the Bubba Wallace garage pull? Or the Covington kids? Or the Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot? Or the Kavanaugh rape? Or the Trump P-tape? I remember reading all of these. All of these. Sometimes for months in your newspaper or the covid lab leak is just a conspiracy theory or the border agents that were on horses that were whipping migrants or trump saved nuclear secrets at mar-a-lago the steel dossier did you print the russian bounties on the u.s soldiers in afghanistan or that trump said drinking bleach would fight covid or the Muslim travel ban, or Hunter Biden's laptop was just disinformation from Russia. Did you print any of these? Liberals, did you believe any of these? How about Andrew Cuomo was the best in COVID leadership? Or Trump build cages for migrant kids? Or uh, Trump overfed koi fish in Japan. Build back better will pay for itself. The Trump tax cuts benefited only the rich. Cloth masks prevent COVID. If you get if you get vaccinated, you won't catch COVID and you won't spread it to others. How about the SUV killed parade marchers? Not the guy behind the wheel, but the SUV. Uh, Trump used tear gas to clear, uh, clear a crowd for a Bible photo uh, that don't say gay was actually in a bill. How about the Putin price hike? Did you guys print that? Or ivermectin is horse dewormer and not for humans. Uh, or the mostly peaceful protests of BLM. Or I love this one. Trump overpowered Secret Service for the wheel of the beast. Or Officer Sicknick was murdered by protesters. January 6th was a well-planned insurrection. Or BYU students hurled racist insults at Duke volleyball player. And now we have our democracy is under threat. My gosh. You're right. This disinformation thing is really coming from the right. It's a really amazing list. It's an amazing like list. And, and, you know, this particular case, too, what's really frustrating about this is even when you read the New York Times story that you, that mentioned you with no evidence that you did any of the things, just just a line that said that you did them <laughs> right. without explaining what you did or what how did. you did wrong. Yeah. But, like, 
all, even in their story and their telling of it, the, the things that they're saying are misinformation. Like, for example, the guy was uh, seen in his underwear when he was found. Right. Comes from a mainstream media source that yes. was from a Fox affiliate. Yes. In the area. <gasps> um, and, and then you had uh, the bigger one, which this NBC News uh, the thing that we did from the Today Show. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're saying, well, look, look at these conspiracies Re- Republicans are spreading. Well, this information came from mainstream sources. The Today Show thing that we played at the beginning of the show is not a flippant off the top of their head comment. There are graphics for the quotes for each one of the things he's saying. All of these things they, had to go through an executive producer, had to go through edit, had to go through art. All of it. Yeah. All of it. So it's not like something that was said off the cuff. Right. And, th- and that's the thing. Like a local Fox affiliate, okay, they, they say something, they retract it a few hours later. Maybe you could say that was just a mistake, bad source or whatever. This was a full-fledged, produced NBC News report that aired on the Today Show that went through the not right-wing source called NBC News and all of the layers of crap you have to do to get something on the air on that channel. Mm. I mean, this is something that they were sure of until they were told they shouldn't be sure of it. I don't... Are you, are you bringing up a new conspiracy theory? <laughs> I guess so. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Going to make us feel good. No, I'm not going to do that for you. In fact, now I'm going to give you yeah. only bad news. Okay. You have been working on this. In case you don't know, Stu is really good at making these calls. Um, the last election, he's one of the only guys that got the Electoral College account exactly right, 306 232. Um, and I hated him for that. Um, but he he doesn't just go by the polls. He looks at a million uh, different things and then makes a uh, makes a call on it. And today, tonight on Stu Does America, you're making the official final call because you haven't finished everything. That's right. I'm going to be finishing it up today okay. and then we're going to do it on the show tonight. Okay. Uh, YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. Okay. BlazeTV.com slash midterms. You can use the code Red Wave if you want to get access for and, 30 bucks uh, off. We're going to be able to, if he makes us feel good today and he gets any of them wrong, you make sure you tune into Blaze TV tomorrow where we <laughs> crucify uh Stu, we thought wow. we'd bring something back you know what i mean Cru- crucifixion yeah crucifixion and i think the tuesday before the results comes out a really interesting time to punish me for getting the calls wrong yeah we're gonna do it tomorrow yeah tomorrow night tomorrow on, night on, on our the election air. yeah got it okay yeah. that would be... we wouldn't do it off the air okay i want to make sure we yeah, understand no. and our election coverage by the way going to go late into the evening up to uh at least midnight eastern and then over to the youtube.com slash stew does america page for coverage into the wee hours of the morning as long as i can last well Glenn's going to join us they're all going to take a nap you know this is when we know we're in trouble mm-hmm. is when pennsylvania says you know what we're going to come <laughs> back tomorrow and just count and that is an important part of this it's going to happen it, it it is literally now they are saying that they're not going to take a nap. So I don't, I don't want to say that, but it is literally in the state law that it, we're going to have the same feel that you had during the 2020 election. State law designates the way these votes are counted. And what you're going to get on election night is likely a large lead for Oz that will start to be chipped away as we go into the late hours of the evening. Will we see it come all the way back? I don't know, but 
the way the law, the way these votes are counted, it's it's the early vote comes last. Right. They don't the count any of the early vote at all. In they don't do any work tabulating it. In now, Pennsylvania. Right. In Pennsylvania. Yep. And every state is different. In fact, if you remember from 2020, the reverse happened in Arizona where uh, Trump was way, way, way behind enough for Fox to famously call the state. And they kept, then Trump kept chipping away and got it to within, what was it, 11,000 votes, mm-hmm. right? Florida is the gold standard on this stuff. Florida has it all tabulated. You get the results nice and early in Florida. So that's what I always look to is if you want to look for a an election that's going to give you a really early picture of what is actually going to be the final count, Florida does it much better than most of these other states. Okay. So that's the kind of picture of across right. the country. Well, there was a little sunbeam of happiness. No, I'm just, I want to no, prepare no, people. Just, no, I know. You're just reminding us of what we, what the hell we went yes, through. Yes, I do remember the and hell. And you're just reminding everybody, it's going to be hell again tomorrow night. Yes. So. You should expect hell is exactly right. what okay. I'm trying to tell you. So. Expect the hell. All right. Tell me, give me some good news. Some or, good news. Yeah. Okay. Several states that were considered long-term toss-up races. Several races in the Senate in particular that have, I think, been considered toss ups the entire election cycle Mm -hmm. really have moved in my mind to lean Republican to races that I'm relatively confident uh, will wind up this way. And I kind of want to test you on this, Glenn, a little bit. You've been, for example, very freaked out by the Mike Lee election. You've been very panicked on and off the air. Yeah. About the Mike Lee election. Yes, yes. Uh, and I share. Because I, I lose all confidence. All confidence uh, in the United States. In yes. the United States of America. <laughs> yes. All of it. Yeah, all, all of it all gone. Of it. If they uh, yes. let go of Mike Lee for a CIA spy. Named after a breakfast food. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to. I, I yes. I all confidence. I understand. Yeah. So uh, that race, I think now is, I feel confident that Lee is going to win that race. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. So that that's one. But I don't even think that one is even... I'm talking more about Ohio. Ohio has been a pure toss-up for most of the campaign cycle with J.D. Vance against Tim Ryan. There's still polls that show it relatively close, but I think that's a lean Republican race now. I think North Carolina falls... Wait, wait, wait. So are you going to call that? I mean, I, 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 I am going to finish my all of my work here today before the big uh, show tonight on Stu Does America. But yes, I think I'm going to... I'm. I mean, I'm going to put Ohio in the Republican okay, category. Good, 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 that good. is where I am with All that right. race. North Carolina is kind of the same thing. North Carolina has been a very tight race. You know, we were told it's a toss up the entire time. I think if you go back to the summer, you'd look at that and say it was a pretty close to a pure toss up race, at least as far as the polling goes. I think so, North so, Carolina now so, so, favors Republicans. So tell me in the Senate, tell me the races where it would be a pickup. Well, yeah, but before I move on from this point. Oh, boy. Any one of these races, Glenn, if I were to say to you, hey, I do believe the Republicans lost North Carolina, I don't think anyone in the audience would be like, oh my gosh, it's the most stunning result of all time. You know, if Ron DeSantis loses tomorrow, I'm going to be stunned, right? Like <laughs> yeah, that right. will be, I will legitimately be Correct. stunned. But like a, a race, this race in North Carolina or J.D. Vance in, in Ohio, it wouldn't be completely stunning if either one of them lost. I, I think there's a clear favorite. Right, but not completely stunning. These are races, though, that even if you win all of them, only gets you to 48 seats. So to give you a picture of where this is, if you win Ohio, if you win North Carolina, if you win Florida with Marco Rubio, which is another one I put in this category. Hey, Sarah. If you win Utah. Sarah, later, you want to... I'm trying to set this... Bring some booze in, and while he's doing this again later, 
Um, Want to play some Russian roulette? Mm. Okay, go ahead. By the way, go you ahead. don't have to tell Sarah to bring booze to work. <laughs> She's already there's multiple storage yeah, rooms. It explains with it. a lot. Yeah, it, it does. does. It okay, does. so <laughs> you win all these races that we're talking about. There, leaners. You're at 48 races, right? So now you have a big set in the middle. You got to pick off three of these. Again, would you have full confidence in any of them? I'm a hundred percent sure the Republicans going to win. Let me list them for you. Arizona. Blake Masters, 100% sure? No, right? Of course not. It's a split. That's a very good toss-up race. Colorado is no. a reach. Warnock in uh, in Georgia versus Herschel Walker, 100% confident? No. No, right? Uh, Hassan versus Bolduc in New Hampshire. You're not going to be confident no. in Bolduc. Bolduc's been behind in most of the polls there, though. Some, but I will say in a lot of movement. It's, mm-hmm. All of these are so close so it's close. going to come down to who gets their people to the polls. Mm-hmm. Cortez Masto gets Laxalt in Nevada. Again, another tight race. Again, maybe leaning Republican, but uh, but it's a, an incumbent, a Democratic yeah. incumbent in Nevada. You're killing me. Washington, Patty Murray uh, versus Tiffany that Smiley. W- that one will that's be... That's a reach. That's a reach. Yeah. That, I mean, she could do it. She's close enough yes. to do it. It's red wave character t- t- category, that's though. such yeah. a... Sh- if she wins... Uh, and DeSantis, you know, wins by 14 points. Those are earth-shaking moves. Yes, those are huge, 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 huge ones. Uh, Pennsylvania. Now, look, Fetterman, Oz, I, it's hard to imagine anyone going to the polls and casting a vote for John Fetterman. Does it, anybody it, remember the SNL uh, where, uh, what was his name, uh, he did the famous line for he was running against George Bush. He was playing Michael oh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. And he said, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. <laughs> I think of that all the time. Yes. That- With almost every race. I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. We are in that category. Yeah. Now, but again, Fetterman Oz, all the polling's been very close. There's been you can find evidence on either. Oh my gosh, side. she's got she booze. actually she's has got large Grey bottles of booze. Is that I mean, it's a full bottle of Grey Goose. And it's cold. Look at that. It's sweating because he just, I mean. I should say it's a full bottle except for her morning shots, which seem to yeah, be. Yeah, all right. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> have you ever, by the way, affiliates, if you're ever wondering, hey, why did that commercial, why did four commercials air at the same time? It, <laughs> it's because of the morning shots. Uh, so there you go. You get a little uh, older, we're going to just start calling you the Grey Goose. <laughs> there you go. All right, go I like ahead. That. Uh, that's a good nickname. Um, okay, so uh, Pennsylvania, Fetterman, Oz. Again, would you be completely stunned if Fetterman won that race at this point? No. Um, I, it would be stunning. I'm in the same place you're at with Mike Lee with the Fetterman-Oz race. Like, I, I'm not that I'm a huge Oz guy by any means, but it's like, how on earth can a country, can a civilization exist that th- that thinks John Fetterman should have a, a, a job of any prominence? I, I, well, I'm, I, I'm that way in several states. Yes, yeah, in, in in Arizona, really, the guy who's voted ninety five percent. Yeah, Mark Kelly with yeah. Joe Biden mm-hmm. is in lockstep all the way, all the way. It's never been even rumored to be opposing <laughs> yeah. any of the bills. You, everybody in America, no one knows who the <laughs> space guy is. Okay, he was in. Space for a very long time. Nobody even knows his name because he's never stood up against anything. It's totally true. He's trying to portray himself as the other senator yeah. from Arizona who happens to be a female and who has actually stood up a few times right. and taken some stances. Right. Uh, anyway, Kelly, 
It's never even rumored. He's, they're never no. even like, what about Mark Kelly? They never even ask. <laughs> no, they don't they even don't. go to his office and <laughs> no. say, are you going to vote for this Biden bill? They always know he <laughs> I will. Know. I know. Every time. Um, and then you've got uh, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin against Mandela Barnes. Again, Johnson, I think, has a lead there. It's not an incredibly large lead. We know these things. Right? How? Oh. Right? So what would you, would you be completely stunned if Wisconsin elected a Democrat? Probably not. So again, you got to win three of those, uh, I guess that's eight races. Two of them, I think, are in a different category, sort of reach races, mm-hmm. uh, wave type races. So that brings us down to six. Six. So you got to win half of these. And I think you'd look at s- some of these and say, okay, yeah. Republican might be favored, but I would not be shocked. So wait, this wait, is, the only thing I want to portray to people is, yeah, so what, this is not a sure thing. If you're it, walking it, into well. this tomorrow night and say, thinking, hey, uh, complete red wave, this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. You have to understand that it's not. It really isn't. This is a close race. And while Republicans very well might win it, it make sure you go vote. Now, make sure you get out I there. will tell you, if mm-hmm. that's the way the evening ends up, how many, if we win three of those. You're at 51. Oh, 51. That's just control I'm talking about. Oh, my gosh. That's so, not I mean, enough to stop anything. So those races I just listed, you got to sweep all of them to get to the this Shut red up. wave category Shut that you've heard. your mouth. 54, 55, Shut 56. your mouth. You know what? I'm a recovering alcoholic, but tomorrow I may convince, <laughs> I could be easily convinced I'm over that. I'm cured. I'm cured. I may need a stiff drink if this happens. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this, this would be an interesting way of, <laughs> of getting some new You're subscribers. Such a jerk. Watch, watch the watch the election oh, coverage. It could be a full fledged meltdown. It's going to be a party, one way or another. Pity party or a party party. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, I'm at it. So it's not a great party unless it's a pity party. I'm really good at bringing. I'll make you cry. I'll make you cry. Sure. Sure. Uh, that'll be uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, our election coverage. BlazeTV.com slash midterms. Use the promo code REDWAY for 30 bucks off. And if the Republicans lose, you may see Glenn start drinking again. Or. And Sarah, continue drinking. Or may I just say, may I just say, <laughs> I'm bringing nails. Somebody might be crucified. Wow. Yeah. Just saying. Wow. I, yeah. don't, I don't think that that, oh, it's, that felt like a threat. Oh, it was fine like, for the Lord. Way. But you are above it. Okay. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. If you remember right towards the beginning of um, COVID, there was a hairdresser in uh, Dallas that had to close her shop and she was harassed by the police, but it all really came down to uh, the county judge. Uh, and his name was Clay Jenkins. And uh, Clay seems to be on a little bit of a power trip, or that's how it struck me. Um, and somebody is taking him on in this election. Now, in Texas, the county judge is not a judge. It's you're not a judge. You're just like the CEO of the county. Uh, but I think he likes to pretend that he's a judge. The person running uh, uh, against is Lauren Davis. She's running for his uh, job and uh, and doing quite well. Doing quite well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You this bet. is definitely a dream come true. 
<laughs> really? Being on the show? You it gotta, really is. You got to reach higher than that. <laughs> no, really this is it. This is it. <laughs> Back from the Fox <clears throat> days with the whiteboard. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So um, why are you running against him? Well, two reasons to sum it up. One was I'm a small business owner with my husband. We own barbershops called The Gents Place. We opened oh. our first one when we were 25 wow. in Frisco, Texas. Now we have them across the country. And, That's and it, crazy. I just drove by one the other day. Yeah, and I thought, they, I should get my hair cut there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great place, yeah. I must say. Um, and so in Frisco, Texas, of all places, we had the police show up to um, our shop and say, close your doors um, in 10 minutes or we're taking your business license. So we did. We complied. And I just never felt that level of helplessness in my life. I've been through a lot of things. I'm 38 years old. I've lived a lot of life, but I've never felt helpless. So that was step one. And then two, you fast forward two years, this exact time last year, and Clay Jenkins defied Governor Abbott's GA38 saying no more mask mandates in public school. Right. My three kids are in public school in Dallas ISD. And so in that time period, I woke up. I listened to your program. I bought my first constitution. I bought the Federalist Papers. <laughs> I started, I downloaded Hillsdale classes. I mean, I just said, I must understand what happened to us. Um, I also took your advice and said, do your own research. So mm. I started making the kids watch World War II documentaries. Mm. They saw it for themselves. And we sat down as a family or a family of five and said, if this was World War II, who would we be? Who, who, is, for you. who is the Davis family? Right. And we said, if a Jewish family knocked on our door, we would not self-preserve. We would open the door at all costs. Right. And I did not know what I was preparing us for. I just knew, as you say, I was going to have to take a stand. And if we weren't prepared, we'd miss the opportunity. And, and so when the school year started, two out of three of my kids, so my daughter, Caroline, she's 11 at the time, and my son, Pierce, was 13, so they were eighth grade and fifth grade, showed up to their public school with no mask. And there were only two out of 604 kids to show up. So that turned into a 12-week battle where the school didn't try to accommodate us. They tried to crush us. They literally made us a political enemy. Um, They coned Caroline off in PE class, literally behind an arbitrary line of cones. And she had to watch all of her mask classmates play in front of her. They put cones around her? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now it gets worse. Oh my gosh. It gets so much worse. So then the second week they removed them from class. They isolated them in the library. They eventually built a plexiglass cage around them. And I don't use that lightly. Floor to ceiling plexiglass in a small corner of the library hired a substitute teacher to stand guard out there and tell them to be quiet and sit down. They couldn't even go to the cafeteria where all the other kids were unmasked. Oh my gosh. In Dallas, Texas. We Wow. And that's just the brief. We'd be here all day if I told you every detail, but they treated us like we were genuinely a political enemy. So I saw what you talk about. Yeah. I saw the underbelly of the beast. We lost <clears throat> all of our friends. My most best friend, like someone you volunteer a vacation with, yeah, yeah. went through life with her. She turned on me and became <clears throat> my biggest enemy. You're kidding. No, me. no. These are teachers that loved us. We weren't new to the school. We'd been in that school since my son had been in first grade. <clears throat> These are people who knew my heart. New, we have a nonprofit where we support veterans, and I do a monthly pop-up barbershop at Austin Street Center, a homeless shelter, some of the work we do. They know me. They know I'm a great person, and they still turned on me. No one would even sit next to us in the bleachers at a soccer game. You're kidding. No. Oh, my gosh. So I said in that process and advocating for the kids, 
Um, we eventually had to pull them out. There was teachers conspiring to get my son sent to alternative school. Um, it was complete insanity. We could not keep them safe. So I had to homeschool them for the back half of last year. And um, I had a friend, my my friend Ann Stone, she runs a local activist group called Deplorables. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. She's a bunch of grandma and grandpas mm-hmm. just getting together mm-hmm. like, where is the world going? Right. <laughs> and um, I went and spoke there and it made me feel not alone because it's very isolating when you find yourself oh, yeah. being the only one taking a stand. And I know you know that. And um, she came to me one day and she goes, I don't know why I'm telling you this or asking you this, but have you ever thought about running for county judge? And I said, no, <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> I'm not a politician. I'm just a mom of three, small business owner, no political aspirations, no experience. I didn't even start voting until 2016 and 2020. Wow. I've never even voted in a midterm. Wow. This is my first midterm to vote in. The first sign in my yard was my face, which was <laughs> <laughs> which was crazy. So, <clears throat> why why so late? You just uh, she told me that it was a conviction in my heart. And then in the primary, you'll find this really funny. The person who stood up to say I'll run against Clay Jenkins was the Dallas ISD school board trustee that was over my kid's school. Oh my gosh! God, literally, I'm an extremely faithful person. Yeah. God literally put the only person on the planet that I was. I would know was a fake and a phony. (laughs) And so I tell people when God convicts your heart and you look to the right and you look to the left and you're the only one standing, it's you. Yeah. He picked you. Yeah. And so I genuinely feel picked. And my husband and I, we talked and he pushed back on me and I said, you're not supporting me. What kind of (laughs) husband are you? (laughs) Probably a good husband. A great husband. We've been together since we were 16. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yes. And, um, and he goes, I haven't heard you say yes. And I said, certainly, I've said yes, I want to do this. And he goes, nope. And I was like, mm. oh, man, that's like a shot to the gut. Yeah. You know, when truth hits you, it hits you. And I said, well, yes, yes, I want to do this. And I swear to you, we felt the Holy Spirit head to toe. And he said, then let's go. Let's do it. Mm. Let's crush the machine. Yeah. And we mobilized a 69% victory over the establishment person wow. in eight weeks, I filed on the last day in the primary. Wow. Unheard of. Wow. People, no one knew my name December 12th. So how is it going now? Because Clay's quite well known. Yes. Uh, and he is big time establishment and, you know, had had big plans from, from here. Yeah, he's been in there 12 years. Um, which is outrageous. And, you know, I think this is truly where the grassroots becomes mainstream. Mm -hmm. People are sick and tired. I'm tired. I need me to win as much as everyone else needs me to win. My kids (laughs) need me to win. Right. You know, there's there's no other choice. And people say, you know, in politics, they keep hearing such a loser mindset. If anyone started their entrepreneurial journey in the political mindset, we wouldn't have any businesses. They're like, "Uh, what's my ROI on my, you know, investment in your campaign? I don't think you can win. I had people tell me, oh, this is a, a uphill battle. And I said, it's a hill worth climbing. Yeah. People said, oh, it's going to be a miracle. I said, thank you. That's how I know. Yeah, this is it. It's because it is going to be a miracle. If I got into this because someone said it was going to be easy or a guaranteed win, there would have been a line out the door to take this guy on. No, this is going to be a miracle. But we all know it's the time of miracles. I've heard you say that over and over. It is. We're going to see. We're going to see Moses style miracles in our lifetime. In our lifetime, we will see them. And I believe that's what's happening in Dallas County. I mean, we have activated moms. 
mama bears. I say I'm a happy warrior. That's a trademark thing I put in my campaign because people kept saying, oh, you're angry. I was like, I'm not, I can get angry, but I, I am not angry. I don't attach my I am statement to things that don't serve Christ. And I said, I am a happy warrior. Moms are coming off from the PTA. They're coming off the couch. They're coming out of the door. They are rallying huge in Dallas County. Yeah, that is great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, how long you've listened to me, but a long time ago, back probably 2008 or nine, I said the most powerful thing anyone can say in politics. Mm-hmm. And I said it because somebody called me up and said, uh, I, I'm just a mom. And as a mom, I think, and I said, stop. The most powerful thing you can say is, as a mom, mm-hmm. you know, stop dismissing that. Because when moms stand up, nobody messes with moms. And the, I think that's why this whole thing is turning around. They overstepped the boundary mm-hmm. and they walked into mom's world. And they started messing with our kids. Mm-hmm. The minute you mess with our kids, moms don't sit down. They don't. No, and that's exactly what describes my conviction. Because another part of it is the politicization of the medical community. All of these mandates. Yeah. My son that's sitting here with us in the studio out there, he has survived three open heart surgeries. Holy cow. He has more to come, too. It took 12 hours of open heart surgery at five days old. I saw the inside of his chest beat. They left his chest open for three days. He was so swollen they couldn't sew him up. 12 hours of bypass. So I equate what's happening to a politician, you know, forcing his way into that operating room and standing over the shoulder of the surgeon and saying, oh, do this, do that, do this. Don't can't do that. Do this. Oh, and make sure you inject him. I... I will lay my life in front of that. I will not let it happen. I will not allow these mandates to affect my kids. And the masking's one, you know, the vax is another. It's just, it's the whole politicization of the medical community is dangerous. It will kill more people than COVID ever could dream of killing. And I, I won't put up with it. God bless you. I wish I lived in the county that I could vote for you. Uh, Lauren Davis, she is running for Dallas County Judge. She's the candidate there. If you would like to know more about her or help, uh, Davis for the number four Dallas, davis dallascom Thank you. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. <clears throat> I want to talk to you on Wednesday after you win. Na, 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 na.